Okay, I have three laughs. It's like that that thing that's going on, on TikTok where it's like I got three, three looks, looks and that's it. Um, a homeless man, a twelve year old boy, and a hooker. I have three laughs and that's it. A lady, a man with COPD, <laughs> and a serial killer. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Hey y'all, welcome to A for Excellence your one-stop shop for everything fashionably Canadian. We're so glad you're here. Come hang. The other thing we were talking about, would you date a guy who has an OnlyFans, like who pays for OnlyFans? No. Right? (laughs) This was my, what I said. I was like, I would date a guy who has paid for an OnlyFans but is no longer paying for it while we're dating. That's the thing is, I don't want to know what you were doing with your right hand or anyone else before I met you. That's fair. Like, that's it. That's that's the truth. When people start delving into their relationships and they're like, and then we talked about our exes, I'm like, you could never pay me to talk about anyone I dated to the person I'm currently dating. Unless there was a very specific reason, I had to tell them something. Yeah. I mean, it's very... I think it's a difference of like, do you care about what's happening now in the present or do you care about the past? Because the past can be very different than... Have you listened to that Julia Michaels song? The, I want to kill all your exes, yes. It's not that part that I like. It's the, you know, the, the part, the parts before the chorus where she's like, I know there's parts of, you know, stories from 2017 that your friends leave out to be considerate of me. Please don't talk or tell me about me reminding you of something your ex did. Like, it's disrespectful, that kind of shit. I'm like, yes. It's actually... Exactly. It's a, it's a really good song. Mm-hmm. And, like, don't kill people's exes. That's it's slightly bad. toxic, but I'm kind but, of into it. But I like the idea that you can leave your past relationships in the past where they are. Because, like, you're not with a person for a reason. Yeah. And, like, obviously, if there's things that need to be disclosed, there's things that need to be disclosed. But, like... Yeah. Anyways, that was a complete tangent. I don't know. Yeah, her thing of, I don't... What what the lyrics, something along the lines of, I don't want to know where you used to put your mouth or the secrets that you keep in your couch. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) Correct. I don't want to know shit. Yeah. Anyways, why are we here today? What are we talking about? We are Welcome to our podcast where we talk about bullshit. <laughs> complete and utter shit. Um, today we are in the same vein as our last episode doing our five favorite films of all time and then our honorable mentions. Like last time, we will volley. Yes. Are we doing f- five? Five, five, four, four. Yeah. Okay. You go first. Um, To get this started, Hannah will start again. Okay, so my number five movie is 1917. I'm not even shocked. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Sam Mendes, released in 2019. I loved this movie. A, I, I love war movies, like, in general. It's... I have watched few war movies that I didn't love. Yeah. I don't know why, but I find them very entertaining. Just, I love a war movie. I don't know what it is, 
I don't know why, like what about my personality that finds so much entertainment. And it's not even like I, it, it's not like it makes me happy per se. It's yeah. just like, I enjoy seeing it. And 1917 was like, particularly good. First of all, it had a sick cast. And there was lots of surprising people in it. I'm not going to say, just in case nobody's seen it. And then I'll ruin the surprises. <laughs> um, but when I say that Jesse and I, when we went to see it in theaters, we literally were, like, holding each other and, like, had our faces in our sweaters. Gobsmacked. Just, like, fucking breathless the entire movie. A, uh, like, the cinematography was beautifully done. Yeah. It was just so... Like, you really, really felt in the film. And then, like, the acting was amazing. I was, I was really upset when they didn't win Best Picture, actually. Yeah, I, I felt that on, like, a personal... It was, a, like, a personal affront. Yeah, I was like, how dare... Um, and I was also affronted that the two main guys didn't get Oscar noms for their acting. Understandable. Because they were so good and, like, just so believable. And, like, it's not like there's a ton of dialogue or a ton of relationship building, per se. But, yeah, I loved this movie. It was so good and I could definitely watch it over and over (laughs) which is like well your favorite movies you don't have to be able to watch them over and over but like I do feel like it's kind of a prerequisite to being a favorite is like you have to want to watch it more than once yeah that's true like I have movies that I'm like I did love the movie but I didn't like I wouldn't necessarily watch it over and over yeah But, like, I feel like this kind of, like, 1917, you could watch it and see something different every time you watch it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyways, that is my number five. My number five is Pirate Radio. Okay. It's Pirate Radio in a couple of countries, and then in a couple of other countries, it's The Boat That Rocked. Came out in 2009. It's a comedy drama. It's very good. The cast is Bill Nye, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Reese Ifans, Tom Sturridge, Nick Frost, Kenneth Branagh, Reese Darby. Um, and it is about in the 60s when rock and roll first came on the radio. It was illegal in the United Kingdom to play rock music on the radio. So rock radio stations took up boats and put them in the sea And they used to broadcast from the ocean. And it's about this weird band of misfit hard rock radio DJs in the 60s living on this boat, you know, doing what they do. And it's genuinely one of my favorite films of all time. I could watch it over and over and over again. The soundtrack is so killer. It's so good. Um... This is this is like the starting point of my crush on Tom Sturridge. Mm-hmm. That's just like continued through time. I was gonna say this is this is like a very you yeah movie yeah like it just kind of is like existentially you. <laughs> but it's funny. It's so funny. They pull into port 
and they have girls come on the boat. <laughs> it's like they're safe. It's so funny. My favorite is right after um, Tom Sturridge's character has sex for the first time. They're broadcasting it on the radio outside his room. Oh, no. <laughs> and, then, and then he comes outside and they're like, now we need to know, like, did you did you get laid? Did you or did you not get laid? And he's like, well, he's and then he's like, I can't. And the guy who's DJ goes, well, but if you say I'm not going to talk about it, it means yes. And he's like, well, I'm not going to fucking talk about it. And then it shows like different people all around the UK being like, yes, it's really (laughs) funny. It brings me lots and lots and lots of joy. Love it. I love it so much. I was thinking about it last night. I was like, I have to watch that this year. Yeah. It's one of those movies that you just feel so happy after watching. It's like a stellar cast. Yeah. Stellar. Okay. For number four. Number four, I went for a bit of nostalgia for Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Which is released in 1961 and was directed by Blake Edwards. And obviously everyone knows who's in it. If you don't, then I'm concerned for you. I don't even know why I love this movie so much. I think one part of it is, like, the fashion, the elegance, the... It's just, like, that. it has that feeling when you watch it. It just, like, gives you... I don't know. It just gives you, like... it's, It's a good vibes movie. Yeah, it's just, like... It's a comfort movie, which I have a couple of comfort movies. And yeah, I just, I love Audrey Hepburn. So that is part of it. And like, she has a million amazing movies. But the first one I saw was Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Like most people our age. And yeah, it's always just been like my classic fallback movie of what's your favorite movie. Like, you know... When, when you have to, like, answer questions. Yeah. Like, when, you, when you're when you doing icebreakers and someone asks you what your favorite movie is, like, my standby was always Breakfast at Tiffany's, because it's just, like, it's a classic movie. Everyone knows it. It's You don't have to, like, explain why it's a good movie, because it's, like, universally known that it's a good movie. The classic black dress with pearls. It's just, like... Chef's kiss. <laughs> like, inspiring fashion. I I think you'll laugh at my next one. Okay. <laughs> um. So my number four is You've Got Mail. Yes, I was expecting this which one. Which came out in 1998. Nora Ephron movie. Um, it's Tom Hanks, who is my favorite actor of all time. Bar none, period. Period. And... Meg Ryan, who, if you know anything about me, is my, like, all-time favorite actress ever. 1980s to 1990s Meg Ryan is, like, the sweet spot for me. It's okay, but You've Got Mail came out in 98, and it's about a independent bookstore owner in West Manhattan who is running her mother's bookstore, and then a man who is moving his family business, which is, like, the big chain bookstore, onto the same street as hers. And it's, like, huge. It's, like, four floors, you know, pretty shiny new discounts. 
that kind of thing. And both of them are having a relationship, like an emotional relationship with people they met in a chat room and they don't know it yet, but it's each other. <laughs> it's my, it's one of my love favorite it. enemies to lovers movies of all. It's one of my favorites. It's so good. I like it because it's, it feels like a very classic trope. Like it could be, if you just like said the explanation, it mm-hmm. could be a Hallmark movie. Like it could, it, 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 it is the Tom Hanks of Hallmark movies. It but, really is. But because it's Tom Hanks and um, Meg, Ryan. Meg Ryan. Oh my God. I just <laughs> blank. Um, it, it's not. Like no. it, it, it just works perfectly. It's so good. It, gets, it gives you all the holiday or Hallmark movie feels that you want without yeah. being like the cheesiest shit you've ever seen in your life. But also it's one of those things where it's like if if you wanted to, if you wanted to like fall into a movie that's the movie I would want to fall into because does that not just sound so notoriously me to be like I'm an independent bookstore owner and I fell in love with the competition (laughs) it does it does you're like I fell in love with the capitalist (laughs) Um, story of my life it's so good though and it's it's so cheesy I love it in the best way um, I will tell you my number three, but I also want to tell you a really quick anecdote about Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously will accept it because I love Tom Hanks. Let's it's go. A ba- it's, a, it's not a... Okay. When I went on a date last summer... Oh, God. Um, the guy I was on a date with was telling me all about how Tom Hanks is, like, involved with the like conspiracy theories and I was like what and like allegedly (laughs) he like is involved with all those like the pizza gate and the like sex ring is a national fucking treasure absolutely not and like he wasn't necessarily saying he like believed believed it it, oh he was like he was just telling me okay but like I was like really personally offended there for a minute. <laughs> well, even just like the fact that it was brought up, I was a little like that's sketch. I don't know how to I don't know how to deal with that because no. it's like but Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks, like Tom Hanks is a treasure. He's such a nice man. Like everyone says he's wonderful. Oh my god. He yeah. just does not give no, it's like with Jeffrey Epstein, you knew that Jeffrey Epstein was a creep because he seemed like a creep. This is not... Tom Hanks played fucking Mr. Rogers. I know. No. I was no. like... And I was like, wait, like, do you, are you saying... And he was like, no, it's like, it's a conspiracy theory. Like, just talking about it. Okay. But oh, even... See, I would have walked away. <laughs> I would have been like, <laughs> bye. Well, I was I a little... Like, I was legitimately concerned because I was yeah. like, if you think that, I don't like you <laughs> right because that's rude oh, yeah. like how dare you think that about someone so like He's tom hanks favorite. is a cinnamon bun i mean like saving private ryan sleepless in seattle beautiful day in the neighborhood the da vinci code angels and demons anything to do with robert langdon my favorite he everything everything he touches is gold truly 
I love him like he so much. he's just band of brothers band of brothers the pacific yeah everything he touches gold absolute gold so i was like but it just made me think of that because i just remember when he was like telling me all of this stuff and i was like this is sus <laughs> it is super sus fuck that no fuck that no anyways thanks my number three is my comfort movie oh no which, as you know, is Legally Blonde. True. Wait, let's clarify. Legally Blonde or Legally Blonde, Red, White, and Blonde? Um, I will take either. Okay. Um, we, it, it's, a, it's an important clarification. It is true. I would say probably the first one. Yeah. Um, just because the first one is like... Etched in your brain. Yeah. I will say... While it's not one of my favorite films, whenever I need, like, a pump up, when I'm feeling, like, real shit that I got stuff to do, I, like, go on YouTube and I just find that part where Elle Woods the montage. decides <laughs> that she's going to, like, actually be a lawyer to spite Warner in her little bunny suit. And it's uh, my favorite thing because it just, like, puts you in a mood of, like, oh, no, no, no. If, if she can do that, I can do this. It's the same thing as, like, if Britney Spears can make it through 20... 2006 I can do today yeah same thing and that's the whole uh, I should say Lily Blonde came out in 2001 this is just like a, such a nostalgic movie for me I it's as nostalgic for Hannah as discovering the color pink well that's what I was gonna say is like I am notoriously a pink wearing it's true blonde person I'm not blonde right now but I'm you're normally blonde normally blonde I will say, though, I like seeing your natural hair color. You have nice natural hair. Yeah, I, I'm actually liking it. Um, I do have moments where I'm like, I want my blonde hair back. But you know what? There's so much more color in your face. Yeah, it's true. With your, Even if you just, like, left the root. Yeah, and then did. Yeah, I think I would just, like, I, I don't think I would go full blonde again now that I've been natural for so long. But And it's so rough on your hair. I think I would just, like, maybe do a little bit of highlighting mm -hmm. just to add a little bit of dimension but like and i'm some, not gonna go wild some fizzazz fizzazz i like have talked myself off the ledge of getting curtain bangs oh, a don't million do times because it's like I, I know i'll hate it if i have it for like longer than 10 minutes but i like having bangs until you have to have bangs in a pandemic where you can't get them cut yeah That's exactly what sealed the deal for me that moment of being like okay you can be like blonde and pink loving and like girlier than anything and you can still at the same time be like super smart and driven and be like a badass lawyer yeah and that was like such a pivotal moment in my like youth <laughs> um you were like oh yes ah uh, yes and it and it has continued to be my comfort movie like when I'm in a really bad headspace like it's just the kind of movie that I can turn on and it like flips the switch for me and like it has aged very well true yeah um even though it's like hilarious to see the computers and like even the fashion is like dated dated but in the best way yeah and like when they did the episode of the home edit with 
Reese Witherspoon and they were like sorting all of her Legally Blonde stuff. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> um, and I was very excited when they said they're going to make a new one. Yeah, very true. I will say red, white, and blonde for me almost trumped just because of the Jennifer Coolridge line about wanting a hot dog. It's it's true. I use that in common vernacular. It's a like, classic line. Minimum four times a year. <laughs> um, minimum. And I love her. She's like everything in that movie. I mean, it's just a good... The bend and snap. The bend and snap. The musical is also great. Legally Blonde, the musical is fantastic. If you yeah. haven't seen it, it exists on YouTube. It It's just like, it's like everything I want to be is like a badass professional, but like also super girly and like yeah carries my dog around. <laughs> Luna would like that. Luna would love it. Um. So yeah, that's my number three. Okay. My number three is The Princess Bride. Ooh, okay. Which came out in 1987. And it's still one of... So it's one of my favorite books of all time. Um, The book is fantastic. So for for those of you who don't know, The Princess Bride is... The the gentleman who wrote it was an actor. And I'm blanking on his name right now. But he was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He won an Oscar for that. He, you know, he was great. The story was actually told to him by his dad. Like, it's, like, a family story. Okay. So he just put, like, the good parts on paper and turned That's it so into interesting. a script. So it was a story that, like, his dad, you know, passed tell him as a kid. So he doesn't really know where it came from. He just knew that, like, his dad made it up. I could watch The Princess Bride over and over and over and over again. I It was quite funny. I was watching it the other day while working because I'll listen to it when I work sometimes. Yeah. I, I'll just, like parrot the lines to myself because like I know it all it's awful and things will happen (laughs) at work where someone will like send an IM into the team's chat and be like so and so did this you know and it's like something awful and then in the background I'll just hear inconceivable and just like start shitting myself laughing it's it's so good but yeah like (laughs) Buttercup and Wesley like 10 uh Prince Humperdinck can we discuss the name choice Humperdinck is so funny it's so funny <laughs> this is where my love of mandy patinkin starts and we love mandy patinkin. I, man if you know anything about me you know that mandy patinkin's uh all yiddish album mama lotion is one of my favorite things of all time hannah thinks i'm insane it's, but it's fucking hilarious it is so funny like it's you did so not good. know that you needed take me out to the ball game in yiddish until, until you, you got, got it. it or super califragilisticexpialidocious yeah in yiddish America the Beautiful, Yiddish, Amerikash, <laughs> like, yes! <laughs> um, but yeah, and my name is Anigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die, like, 10 out of 10, all over it, obsessed. You don't even need to, like, see that, I feel like a lot of these movies that we're talking about, like, you don't need to put a descriptor or, like, no. explain why it's your favorite movie, because it's just, like... It's a cultural phenom. It's a... It's a classic. You know those are favorites. Oh, the second that we got our Disney Plus subscription and I went on there and found out that because Disney owns 20th Century Fox, I had access to The Princess Bride. I went from like zero to 60. (laughs) Like two seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
it, it's really funny too. So people will notice that like most of my films that I choose predate, you know, the nineties. It's because I have very, I have cousins who are quite a bit older than me. And I mean, my, my cousin who's closest to me in age is eight years older than me. Yeah. So I distinctly remember, you know, my cousins right when they first were able to drive saying to my parents, oh, we're going to take Jess to XYZ Disney movie at the theater. And my parents would give me to my cousins and go. And I was really little. And then we'd get there and my cousins would say to me, okay, so here's the deal. We're going to go see Top Gun. (laughs) And I was like, fuck yeah. Because as a kid, there's nothing better than, you know, your cousins wanting to do like that kind of stuff with you. So I got snuck into a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't have been, but it was so good. So like all of, all of that is like very informed by my relationship with my cousins. Yeah. My choices definitely reflect that, reflect the fact that I was watching things a lot earlier than I ever should have been. But yeah. So like the princess bride, it's just like, it's a classic and the book is really good. I love the map in the book. So I have my copy of the princess bride. It's from 19, 98 1999 mm-hmm. that's my first copy of it um and like the map inside the book is so funny because the fire swamp is only marked by r-o-u-s as rats of unusual size <laughs> and so whenever i get to that part of the movie me and all my cousins are always like r-o-u-s every time i love, oh, it. I love it love it so much okay number two okay this will come as Zero surprise to you. Two is Call Me By Your Name. Not shocked. I fucking love this movie. (laughs) And like, I won't go ahead and get into it too much because I think I did talk about the movie a bit um, when we were talking about the book. But it's, it released in 2017. Like, it's just such a beautiful movie. And it was like the perfect perfect adaptation from book yeah and like i haven't read it and i also haven't seen it what i haven't seen it and i haven't read it we we need to watch it i own it (laughs) yeah i'm sure you do it's so good i would recommend everyone watch it if for nothing else other than the fact that it's like it's just beautiful to watch like I remember seeing the previews for it and thinking that the color palette was really beautiful. And I mean, like, you know me, I love Southern Italy. Yeah. Well, and like the, the color palette is perfect. It like, you can see the timeline in their clothes. Like the wardrobing was perfect. Oh, don't you love it when that happens? And it's like so satisfying. Yeah, And like, not in the way, like, I find that sometimes in movies, they like go too far with like this is the 80s which is like partially well it just it makes more sense for the storyline because yeah so like it's one part that like it's pre-aids and also one part that it's like part of the ending like the way that it happens is because of the timeline of like it being in the 80s yeah. But, like, I just hate when, like, you're watching a movie and it's, like, we're in the 80s and it's, like, everyone just looks like they're 
in costume. Like, you yeah. went to a fancy dress party and, like, they all dressed up as, like, 80s aerobic people. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. But this is not that. Oh, beautiful. Okay. This is, like, subtly 80s. Like, you know it's the 80s, but, like... Um, That's exciting, though, when yeah. you get things right. <laughs> and, like, Timothy Chalamet is always, as always, perfection. And even though Army Hammer is a psycho... <laughs> I, st- I can't help it, but I still fucking love him. Like, we, we don't know. I don't like paparazzi gossip column culture. I think it's really tacky. Like, you know, people sign up to be in the business because it's what they love, not because they want to have well, their personal life splashed everywhere. But I just... <sighs> and that's the one thing I will say about Army Hammer is, like, he's an amazing actor. And, and he like hand. Yeah. And... Nobody actually knows no. that any of this happened. Unless I, you did have some sort of nefarious thing happen with him, in which case, please, please call us first. Yeah. And like, do not take this as us being like, we don't believe victims. It's just that in this particular scenario, it is a bit weird. And it's also... I. It the, makes it more dodgy when someone's famous. Yeah. And the one thing that I would say is like... Is it actually that this stuff happened or like is he into the scene like BDSM kind of stuff and actually does it in an appropriate manner? And he was with partners who don't understand. And he and the people who he was with took it out of yeah context or like didn't understand. And like he, he has been open about saying like I like rough sex. Like he's talked about it in interviews. So more that, power to you, sugar. Well, that makes me think that, like, perhaps what we have heard has been taken out of context. Like, I do think he probably participates in oh, in BDSM, yeah, that rough man. play, yeah. <laughs> but that, that guy is like a hundred percent certified grade A USA beefcake, and body pr- bodies are probably thrown around. Yeah, but that being said, I I do think that like. It was potentially misconstrued. And I do, I think he could probably make a comeback. Like, he got panned right now, but, like, people have short memories. That's true. I just, I was really hoping for Man from Uncle 2. Oh, just because too. that's a great, great movie. I was actually going to put that in my, um, <laughs> <laughs> that was in my, uh, it was in, it was it was on your shortlist shortlist because oh, no. I love Man from Uncle and Man from Uncle and um, Kingsman kind of came out at the same time yeah and they were both so good and I loved them both so much and then Man from Uncle though is just like a good movie it's it was just like a good fun movie it's a good fun movie and it was also again just done like beautifully and I will say. In terms of cinema, there is there are fewer scenes that bring me joy than watching Henry Cavill eat a sandwich in a truck while, like, you know, 1950s Italian bouge music plays while Army Hammer slowly drowns. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing brings me more joy. Like, I have that song. If on my I could iPhone. have been in that sandwich. <laughs> A, the sandwich that 
Henry Cavill was eating, but also like the sandwich of Army Hammer and Henry Cavill. Okay, so the way I heard it was like you wanted to be in the sandwich that Henry Cavill was, was like eating. <laughs> I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> now we're getting into some cannibalism. <laughs> I was like, there are better ways to say that you want Henry Cavill to eat you. <laughs> it's Christ. All I'm saying is that <laughs> Army Hammer may have said, I want to eat you like a sandwich, and, and someone went- misconstrued that to mean he literally meant he wants to eat you. <laughs> Just the- I have some like honey I shrunk the kids shit happening in my head right now. Henry Cavill being like ah and you being like I just had a snack break while Jesse had to like I, I run had for to hightail it to the bathroom to not pee my pants from laughing so hard. This is the problem. I turned 25 and my bladder was like, see ya. You're 90. So evidently I don't have a problem with Army Hammer. <laughs> or Henry Cavill. I have zero problems with either of them. At the same time. Yes. Weirder shit's happened. I would gladly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> tell me about your tell me about your number two. Well now I have to talk about World War One and that's like really Making the jump from getting railed by Henry Cowell and Army Hammer to talking about people dying. (laughs) Number two for me is Testament of Youth. Okay. I was waiting. Which came out in 2014. I discussed it in our last episode because it was a biography of Vera Britton written by herself. But the movie has Alicia Vikander, Kit Harington, Colin Morgan, Taron Egerton, Hayley Atwell... Stella cast. It's absolutely everybody. Um, and I love it. It's my research put on screen, which is fantastic, but it's a beautiful movie. It's the color scheme, the way they film things, how they film a panic attack. Fantastic. The way they film trench warfare, things like that. Beautiful. But the thing that really sells the movie is the score Mm. the music makes that film yeah i can't listen to the last three songs of the score because i just start bawling i cry every time i watch it like that's normal for me i'm a crier it's fine but this is like really the waterworks just go go in oh my god testament of youth is one of the most visually beautiful movies i'm Actually, to this day, it genuinely makes me upset how few people saw it. So if you're not from Calgary, then you don't really know. Um, We have big chain movie theaters here. And we don't really have... I mean, there's the Globe, which is like the last independent movie theater standing. The one in Kensington went under. Yeah. I thought they were saving it. Nope. It's gone. Oh, man. Um, But... There is one Cineplex in this city that will play art house indie different movies 
for example, when, like, The Artist, which was that black and white silent film Mm -hmm. that won the Oscar. I don't remember what year. That there was the only one Cineplex in the entire city was playing that movie, and it was the one in Eau Claire. Yeah. So, in order to see um, Testament of Youth, I had to go to Eau Claire. There was one showing of it, ever, and I was the only person in the theater. That's actually, like, very sad and disappointing. And it's genuinely one of my favorite films ever. But the same thing with Tolkien. So the movie that came out with Nicholas Holt yeah. and Lily Collins about J.R. Tolkien, who wrote um, Lord of the Rings, they had five showings of it ever in this city. It was at Eau Claire. And I went and saw it with my mom and my dad, and there was five other people in the theater. I think, especially for us, like... It's not super convenient to go to Eau Claire. No. And it's not super convenient for a lot of people in Calgary because, like, 90% of Calgary is suburbs. And we live in the boonies. Um, And, like, we do have a really nice theater close to us, but the showings aren't always the best because there's a lot of, like, kids. And I will say, it's because of where we live. Yeah. So if we lived in a city like... Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, we would have more variety, versatility, all of that. Because of where we live and our population size and what people think people from Alberta are interested in, we get your MCUs, your DCUs, Disney, and then the random spattering of... We get like big blockbusters. That's basically what we get. Which is, like, not a bad thing. We love a big blockbuster, too. It's just, like... A lot of the stuff that I'm into, personally, is indie, kind of smaller budget, less production. I mean, I like a lot of the stuff that gets nominated for Oscars. Yeah. um, Which is hard to see here, because a lot of them aren't, you know, really made accessible. I mean, the best way to, like, see this stuff is when it's on, like, when on it's demand. streaming. Yeah. Um, which sucks. Which, it, you know, it's nice that you get to see it still, but... I love a theater. I think that the experience of going out to the theater is something that's... I love it. ...worth it. I think, like, a lot of people have said, like, oh, the pandemic's, like, gonna be the death of the movie theater. But mm-hmm. I don't think it is, because I think people really enjoy the experience of going out to the movies. I'll, I'll put it this way. As, as much as I love sitting on my couch, there's nothing like being in a group. It, it's this. It's almost the same as theater. I mean, it's obviously a very different experience than theater because theater is live and, you know, there's actors in front of you, that kind of thing. But it's the same in the sense with theater that you're, as an audience, you're all taking something in as one. You're all having this shared collective experience. So you might not know the person sitting next to you, but you're both as shocked by the twists and the turns or, you know, I'll never forget when we went and saw Endgame and Captain America, (coughs) spoiler alert, picks up Thor's hammer and we all knew that he was going to get there. But like to hear like the theater just like explode or, you know, Sam comes in on uh steve's intercom and goes cap on your left and everyone in the theater was like like it's you're having a shared collective experience that's almost like a cultural moment with people you know and you all chose 
yeah. to go see that movie. Like, you didn't choose to go see it together. Like, you never know who's going to be in the theater with you, but every single person in made the theater the made the choice to yeah. go see it. And it's the same with, like, you know, Cineplex will play older movies and you can go watch it in the theater again. So, like, I go see Back to the Future in theaters at the Cineplex once a year. Yeah. Because there's nothing better than that cultural experience of everyone, you know, watching the DeLorean show up for the first time. You know, it's like a cultural phenomenon to go watch Rocky Horror Picture Show together because of what you experience together. What's your number one? Okay. I'm curious. I'm curious to see if you guessed this. My favorite. It's not Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. (laughs) It's not Harry Potter. Harry Potter will be in my honorable mentions. Okay. We'll talk about it. Okay. It is Lord of the Rings. Oh, I should have guessed that first. Two Towers. Really? Okay, I'm so this is this is where it's interesting. So with Lord of the Rings, I don't know a single person whose favorite is Fellowship. No. Because I feel like that's world building set up, like Sean Bean dies, no one wants it. Like that's that's the movement. No. But there's always toss-up between Two Towers and Return of the King, and I find it interesting that that's yours because my favorite Lord of the Rings movie is Return of the King. I, I, it's a toss-up. You dabble. I doubt. I, I love, that's the thing, is, like, as a series as a whole, it could be my favorite. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I had to choose one. It's Two Towers. It's Two Towers. Purely for. The fact that the trees fight. Well, I love the trees. <laughs> I loved the riders of rohan like my favorite cinematic moment of all time is when like all hope is lost and then the sun comes and then gandalf comes for those of you who are looking for like the real specifics of this she's talking about when at the battle of helm's deep gandalf tells them to look to the east at dawn and then shows up with the riders of rohan just as the sun is coming up after Aragorn and Gimli have jumped onto the um, pediment that's blocking the orc, orcheim from coming into the camp's deep. So, when it's like the riders of Rohan come down and they're on their horses and, oh, gets me every fucking time. But in general, I, I love these movies. Okay, so Lord of the Rings Two Towers was released in 2002. And A, they always used to release the Lord of the Rings movies, like, right around Christmas. Mm -hmm. So my dad would always take my brother and I to the movies on Christmas. Or New Year's, I can't remember which one. Anyways, whatever, we used to go with my dad. Um... And obviously, it's directed by Peter Jackson, like... Hero. Yeah. Like, God amongst men. Don't need to explain that one. To be honest, though, like, I I didn't care about Frodo and the Ring by the third one. Like... <laughs> See, that's, that's the part of Lord of the Rings that I feel is kind of sad, is that because, you know, Frodo and Sam are going on this journey, you're... And it's not so flashy and violent as mm-hmm. what's going on with everyone else. You miss that it's the quiet heroism. That's because the real hero of the books is Sam. And Sam is the hero. Sam's the hero of the whole thing. 
And I love Sam. And that's, and that, I mean, I, I, I will say that's, I like the way that they ended Return of the King with Sam. Yeah. Like the book goes to Sam and you see Sam go back home to the Shire to his family and it ends with Sam because if you read the books, he is the key to everything in the end. He's who keeps pushing Frodo forward, who keeps people from, you know, giving up. He's the motivation. Number one for me is When Harry Met Sally, which came out in 1989. And I watched this movie often, <laughs> frequently. Um, for those of you who don't know, When Harry Met Sally is Billy Crystal and, once again, our queen of the 80s and 90s, Meg Ryan. Love it. And it's about two people who have a chance encounter and then keep bumping into each other. So five years later, they have to deal with their feelings for one another. And it's kind of told in, you know, past perspective, present perspective. Um, if you are a youth and you don't know, uh, this is the movie where the line, I'll have what she's having, came from mm. at Katz's Deli. Yeah. Love it. I could talk about when Harry met Sally. Till the cows come home. All day. Every day. I love it so much. Um, and again, this top five is very malleable. Like, things change for me a Just lot. to, like, depending what your mood is. It kinda. depends what my mood is. Like, because for me, Testament of Youth and When Harry Met Sally are a toss-up because I love both so much. But, I mean... All it takes is one good movie to like bump everything down and yeah, make me shift perspective. Okay, honorable mentions. Yeah, I didn't write these down, so this is gonna be like <laughs> me randomly. Okay, let's see if any of your honorable mentions are the same as mine. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I severely doubt it. So I will start with Lord of the Rings: Return of the King because we've discussed that. Yep. Honorable mention, number one. Number two, Spinal Tap. Came out in 1984. Never even heard of it. No, I can't imagine you would have. Um, because it was like, it's so niche. So it's either referred to as Spinal Tap or This Is Spinal Tap, depending on where you live. And it is a mockumentary about a fictional English heavy metal band called Spinal Tap. And it's so... So funny. So most of the dialogue was improvised mm -hmm. and they had like hours and hours of footage. So in 1984, there was an album made for like, the, oh God, it's That's so funny. good. It's so good. I crack up watching it all the time. You know, it didn't have like amazing success when it came out in theaters, but it has, it, it has a cult following in the way that Rocky Horror has a cult following. Okay. Fucking love Spinal Tap. Could talk about it all day. Um, Penelope. From 2007, it had Christina Ricci, James McAvoy, and Reese Witherspoon. Okay. And again, not a lot of people saw Penelope. I love Penelope because of how kitschy and weird it is. It's so weird. Um, it is about a girl who was born with a pig face. After so she's her mom's cursed and she is born with like, so. It's oh, not, I know this one. It's not like actually a pig's face. It's like her nose is like the snout of a pig. Um, 
and it's dreamy and whimsy and weird and I love it so much. Next one is Back to the Future. Okay. Came out in 1985. Obviously, I don't have to tell anyone. Back to the Future is Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox. Yep. Yep. I love it. We know. We know. So much. The Shape of Water. Okay. It's funny (laughs) that you added that because... Were you betting on it? No. I just... I had like a feeling that you were going to talk about it. (laughs) And I was like, I couldn't... It was just such a fucking weird movie. (laughs) I love The Shape of Water. I love it. 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 I think you left the theater being like, that was amazing. And I left the theater being like, what the the fuck? fuck? I know. (laughs) So I I like it because it's weird. Yeah. It's different. I had read the book before we had seen the movie because it's a Guillermo del Toro film. Beautiful. Um, But I like... I like the message of it that in the end what made her different and isolated from society was what welcomed her into his world. Yeah. So, you know, alternative forms of communication being understanding of things you don't understand. That, I I love it. It's so interesting. I mean, even though I was like, this is weird, I, I enjoyed it. And Octavia Spencer's fucking funny in it. Yes. She's hilarious. Like, I would say it's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a beautiful movie. It's just it's just very strange. Yes. <laughs> um, following that up, another Guillermo del Toro movie, Pan's Labyrinth. Ah, yes. I knew that was coming. Yeah. I, obsessed. Obsessed. And then my last honorable mention is The Covenant, which will not shock you. No. But most people actually haven't heard of The Covenant. So The Covenant came out in 2006. It has Stephen Strait, Chase Crawford, Taylor Kitsch, and our Lord and Savior, Sebastian Stan. Um, Sebastian Stan is the baddie in this one. Um, And it follows the sons of Ipswich. So it's boys in high school at a prep school. They're in their last year. And they are the descendants of male warlocks who were killed at the Salem witch trials. So they go by the, uh, their, their friend group goes by the rather imposing moniker of the Sons of Ipswich. So far as they know, there was only the four families that survived the witch hunts. There's always been four sons because the fifth was killed off. And then Sebastian Stan shows up and things go very wonky. And it's, it's genuinely one of... It's, it's like a, tr- you know when you have like a trash film that you're just like your comfort film? Yes. It's that. <laughs> I do. I love The Covenant so much. There was talk for years about them making a second one and then they never did it. And I was so, so disappointing. So upset. I was so upset because this is like the, it was like the height of the two, the early 2000s were like paranormal, like thriller, fantasy stuff. Vampire-y was, kind of vibes. Was the thing. Oh, this way predates Twilight. No, no, not Twilight. Just like... Like the vibes were like the creepy... Yeah, yeah. like vampy, not not Twilight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this was... Different. This was very edgy. Yeah. Like, I think this is where my love of edgelord goths with a cape comes from. 
I, I think because Sebastian your sexual awakening. No, I, I know what my <laughs> sexual awakening was, and we're not discussing that here. I also know it, and we won't we won't say it. It's private. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But <laughs> you sound like such a pervert. It's not though. They drew him really sexy. I know, but <laughs> what I say is private. It sounds no. I love the covenant because Sebastian Stan showed up. He was a goth edge lord with a trench coat. Ooh. Ooh. It was hot. Have you seen it before? I don't think so. Oh, it's so good. It you actually you know what you wouldn't like it. I no. can't show it to you, spiders. I would watch it. You wouldn't. No? You'd make me turn it off. Okay. Those are my those are my honorable mentions. Okay. I'm trying to think. The first movie that comes to mind for my honorable mentions is my favorite movie when I was young, which is Ella Enchanted. If you have not watched Ella Enchanted, you are missing out on life because this was the best fucking movie <laughs> I loved. There I were, love. There were times when it gave me severe secondhand embarrassment. Mm. Yep. Yep. Because isn't the guy, isn't the guy that, is, isn't it Hugh Dancy? I don't remember. It's Hugh Dancy with the curly hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's Hugh Dancy. I love a book to f- film, film adaptation. adaptation. Um, which leads me to my next charge, which is Harry Potter. I have to say it because I did traditionally love the movies. Probably Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Mine's the first one. Yeah, no, I think probably Prisoner of Azkaban was my favorite. Just, it's, just, it's just because I like screaming troll in the dungeon. <laughs> True. And every Halloween. I don't necessarily watch them regularly now, but I watched those movies. So. Until the DVDs had to be replaced. Yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um... I'm very specific with my movie tastes, though. Yeah. I mean, like, I'll watch anything. Fuck. I'll watch... I, I am a fan of the Fast and Furious series. I will watch fucking anything. But... We do love... I love the Fast and Furious Going to the Fast and Furious movies. We always enjoy it. I love Tobbs and Shaw. We're normally some of the only women in the theater. And, like... I don't It's just... They're that. entertaining. They're entertaining. No, it's pure... It's just... Fluff. You're going for fun. It's like, which I kind of like, but, um, what was the other one? Oh, Devil Wears Prada. Okay. See, I don't like that movie. Interesting. I like the fashion. (laughs) I like anything that's like a fashion driven movie. I enjoy. And like, I love Disney movies. Yeah. My favorite are Hercules and maybe Moana. Yeah. Like a classic Hercules and like a newer one, either Moana or Brave. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Wonder Woman. Not not the newest one, but the... No, not 1984, just Wonder Woman. Just newest. Wonder Woman. I will never forget we got out of the theater, you, me, and Jordan, and we just sat in the car in complete and utter silence for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like that was a good movie. That was the DC kind of movie that DC fans have been waiting for, for five ever. It was like peak... DC. Now, if you ask me about 1984, I would say no. 
Yeah. It was not nearly as good. And I love Gal Gadot, so. You know what was a really good one? It was Crazy Rich Asians for fashion. And in general, it was a very entertaining movie. But yeah, I think those those are my honorable mentions. Jesse had, like, a very concise list, <laughs> and I was like, um, I like movies. Well, I mm. didn't, and the thing, too, is that, like, I didn't include so many of my favorites just because I wanted to keep it concise for time. Because we, I could I could talk movies. Yeah. We only have death. so much time. Like, I didn't include Coraline, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas, which are all, all good. Rugrats, the Passover episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, Rugrats. Hanukkah. No, it's gonna be like, yeah. Well, the Hanukkah one is also good. A Macca baby's gotta do what, what a Macca baby's gotta do. Um, <laughs> I could, so anything with Adam Driver, I'm sold. I was, I thought you might do a marriage story. No, I actually don't, I'm not, I, it's not a favorite. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but I probably won't watch it again. Fair. And I also thought you might include include Star Wars. I thought about it, but I can't pick a favorite. And I would have ended up talking shit on the prequels and the sequels the entire time. Which yeah. is not interesting to anyone but me. <laughs> um, True story. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other things that I really, really enjoyed. Letters to Juliet. Mm. I love... Um, I am a huge fan of the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. I love that movie. Oh, Free Fire is a great movie. If you've never seen it, it's on Canadian Netflix right now. Free Fire is great. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. That actually is a very good movie. And that, oh, I thought of the other one that I was going to say is The New Little Woman. I loved that movie. (laughs) I still... We'll never love any adaptation of Little Women more than the 1994 version with Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, uh, Susan Sarandon, Christian Bale as Laurie. My <laughs> heart. Oh. I die. Oh. Kirsten Dunst. She played Little Amy. My whole heart. I watched that movie at Christmas. I mean, like, then there's the classic stuff that I don't really, I didn't mention. So for me, like, The Sound of Music is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, Yes. I love White Christmas. I watch that every year without fail. It's it's not Christmas until I've listened to some Nat King Cole and put on White Christmas. Um, Other things that I'm, like, super, super into. Um, So my grandpa... Was the world's most bizarre German man. (laughs) Um, Because my grandfather could sing every single Dolly Parton song on the planet Earth. Oh, I love it. So me and my grandpa used to watch 9 to 5. Yeah. And then two of my grandfather's favorite films were Sister Act and Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit. (laughs) And we used to watch them. All the time. If there was a genre of movies that you didn't like, what would you say it is? Horror. Okay. Horror and 
um, the Will Ferrell variety of comedy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Horror and Will Ferrell movies. Done. I can, I can watch pretty much everything else. Like slapstick comedy, if you will. Physical comedy. Yeah. yeah. I just... I hate it. I can't. It's because of the secondhand embarrassment. I just cringe so hard. Like Adam Sandler, hate him. Will <laughs> Ferrell, hate him. Um, what's the other one? Oh, you don't like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, hate him. Okay, and see, I could watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> you know what it was? Is Jordan loved. He liked Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Mm-hmm. And he used to watch it all the fucking time. And I was like, I I hate this movie. I mean, it's... See, and then there's the opposite spectrum of Jim Carrey that I like, which is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was mm-hmm. the very, you know, indie alternative film that he did with Kate Winslet. I love that movie. And that's the Jim Carrey that I recognize. Yeah. The Jim Carrey who writes books and paints and does movies like that versus the... I view the comedy as an outward expression of his anxiety and depression. Mm. Interesting. It's like putting up a front. Yeah. That's how... Like, if you read his books, you kind of get that too, but it seems it's like putting up a front for him. That makes sense. Um, But the only person who will ever really make me cringe is Will Ferrell. I uh, mean, I... Okay, I will say, Anchorman's fucking funny. Anchorman was pretty funny. You could not pay me to watch Step Brothers, Blades of Glory, Talladega Nights. The newest one, um... The one about Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us today. You can follow us on Instagram at eh4excellence. Please remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you next Tuesday.